Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Well, it looks like I've been talking about, um, for the past few weeks, been teaching on the, the, the churches in, Rev, in Revelations, the letter of Christ to the churches, and I spoke about the church of Ephesians, the church, uh, the church of Ephesus, sorry, the church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna, talking about the church of Pergamos, and now I'm on the church of Titeria, but it's taken quite a while. So today I want to rush through it and get through it and, and finish with church of Titeria. And the church of Tachiri, anyway, it's the church that received the longest letter. I actually thought I was going to deal with it in one message. But there you go. I think this is the fourth message, I suppose. But God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I want to subtitle what I want to share. Don't tolerate Jezebel. Tell somebody, don't tolerate Jezebel. Look at somebody and tell the person, don't tolerate Jezebel. Tell another person, you are not safe with Jezebel. You definitely are not safe with Jezebel. Jezebel comes in as a princess married into a country by the king and she takes the reins, rules the nation and imports other things into the nation and changes the direction and the course of the nation. She didn't come in as a ruler. She didn't come in as somebody who was coming to support or sorry someone who was coming to take over she came as someone who was coming to support somebody very gentle very calm that's normally how Jezebel's coming and that's why you you ladies be careful and you men be careful most women when they are not married they are very cooperative When they are not married, <laughs> they are very cooperative. Okay, Jezebel, Jezebel, not necessarily, is not necessarily a reflection of women. So it's not that all women are Jezebel, but there are characteristics of women that make them make them easily susceptible to certain things. The way there are characteristics of men that will make them easily susceptible to some things. <laughs> Should we talk about Jezebel? Yeah. Yeah, we gotta talk about Jezebel, Jezebel. Sister Jez. <laughs> Sister Jez. <laughs> some of you have forgotten so quickly. Sister Jez. All right, let's get into the text. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. 
Uh, so what are you trying to say, Pastor? Are you trying to say women are supposed, not supposed to teach? He said, it's very much believed by serious theologians and godly leaders that it's not in a place of a woman to set forth doctrine in a Christian institution or church, to set forth doctrines. So, I mean, women can proclaim the word, they can share the word, they can talk, but to lead and be the defining personality of doctrines in a, in a local church is nowhere in the New Testament. Maybe it's, it's okay in our generation, but it's, it's about time we approach the scripture from the scripture, scripture's point of view, not from cultural point of view. And in our generation, these things are not accepted. You can't just say anything at all because you are not permitted to say anything that is not popular. You are not. In fact, it, things have been designed such that if you say some, some things, you are supposed to be public enemies. Now, if you expect preachers to be authentic, genuine, and not engage in professional malpractice, malpractices, then let them stay on the text and not even add their own to it. What's the use of a pastor who will not stay on God's word? But had to break, import other things to, sh- to make his message more appealing, which is the common signs of um, a church of Titira and the church of Pergamos. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Titira, write, These things say, says, this, I'm reading from King James, saith the Son of God, who has his eyes like, has his eyes like unto the flame of fire, and his feet, as, uh, his feet are like fine brass. Verse 19, I know thy works, and thy charity, and thy service, and thy and faith, and thy patience, and thy works. And the last to be more than the first. Not, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou suffered that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. That's a lot. He said, as I, I was trying to, I, I spoke about last week, he said, I know your works, right? Your works matter, right? So he said, I know your works. I know your charity, that's your love, your service, your faith, your patience, your works, and the last to be more than the first. So now your former works are better than your, uh, your, sorry, your latter works are better than your former works. Now you are even doing more. 
You are doing more things. You are loving more people. You are serving your service. You are helping other people. You are even feeding more people in the community. You are building more schools. You, you are doing a lot of good works now. I know your works, your service. I know it. And even you, the latter one is better. So you, you are doing more, 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 better stuff. Right. But it says that you are doing all those things at the expense of something that is more essential. So in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, 3 downwards, to the church of Ephesus, right? I know your works. Then verse 4 said, nevertheless, verse 4, nevertheless, I have some, let's go to New King James. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You are doing all these things, but you've left your first love, and that's a major problem. Now look at the next verse, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you are falling, repent and do the first works, or else I will come, I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from his place. Now look at verse 6, which is in, in, interesting. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So they have not, they, they stand against some things. They were standing again, even though they have lost their life, their life, their life. The Nicolaitans are the, the people who impose hierarchical system in the church. You see, this one is this, this one is this, this one, no, you are not close to this one, this one. Is, all that hierarchical system, they, they impose it. So it's more like a political system establishment. Said so, no. You didn't accept. Look at the verse, verse um, three again. I think it's verse three. Look at verse three. Um, and you have, you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become. I think verse two. Verse two. I, I think I need a verse two. Your works. You cannot. Yes, patient. And that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have test. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And I found them liars. So you see what they are doing? They were, you come, Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 1, that test all spirits. Right? So you come and begin to make yourself, John chapter, first John, sorry, I mean first John chapter 4, verse 1. You make yourself something. I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm a priest, preacher. I'm, when you are preaching, they are checking you by the scripture. They are not accepting you because you work miracles. They are accepting you because they are checking if what you are doing is doctrinally sound. What you are saying. And he says that this is good. No, so when it comes to the church of Ephesus, they had some works, they had patience, but the church of Titeria had more works, had more patience, had more evidence, more services, but they didn't care about doctrine. So they had so much love. You remember, he says that in the church of uh, Titeria, verse 19 of uh, chapter 2 of Revelation, he said, I know your works. He said, I know your works. I know what? And then what? Love. Your love. Let's go. Your what? Your works? Uh -huh. Love, what? Service, uh -huh. faith, patience. So it says that your, your work, sorry, your work, love, service, patience, good stuff. Church of Ephesus, they're actually lacking in love. They had a problem with love. But Church of Titeria, they, they, were, they were loving people. So they were loving at the expense of doctrine. So what matters is people. Their languages, people are more important than what we are trying to teach. People's livelihood, people's jobs. You know, let's, let's, be, care, let's be caring. I, oh, come on, do you think because of just this fornication, God will cast you out? No. 
Don't worry, it doesn't matter what you are. Just keep coming to church. It, you, God will not necessarily throw you in hell. No, God, God, you know, God understands why, why you like that guy, why you keep going to him and causing him to mess up like that. God understands. He, he knows your heart. He knows you are trying. He knows why you keep smoking and you are messing up with this smoking thing. He knows. He can understand. He knows why you have to be doing fraud, fraud every now and then. He, he understands it because the situation is tight. If I knows why your name is different from your actual name, he, he understands. There is, there is enough grace. There is enough grace. To cover you. There is enough grace to cover you. You know, you don't have anywhere to live. That's why if you are living with your boyfriend and sleeping with him, it's okay. God understands. Church of Ephesus, they had doctrine. They would not compromise on their doctrine, just that their life was low and their works was not their works were not as high as the works of the other one. The Tachira. But Tachira had a lot of works, good works, but doctrinal, uh, uh, doctrinal compromise was not a problem. As long as people are happy, that's what is, is important. I've heard priests, 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 not pastors, priests of church institutions saying that, oh, the commandments, I heard them on TV. Some of them, BBC inter- is interviewing them, and they are on a panel. They, you know what? The, the most, what's important about Christ is the way you love people. Love people, that's Christianity. Christian, that's all Christ came to show us. How we should love people and make sure people are happy. People, it's all that the Bible is about. It's, it's, it's all the Bible is about is love. Hey, that's not true. Love for what? Get it in context. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So anything God says, don't you don't before you attempt loving others. So. Your love for God is, and listen, Christianity is not, it's not all about Christianity, it's about love. Define the love, and most of them, what they mean is being nice to people. Being nice to people. So when you meet somebody, and you, are, you want to even, maybe your neighbor, or your friend, you want to preach to him about Christ, say, you're upsetting me, I don't like this, thing. Don't, never, don't ever talk about, to me about Christ, just, just remain friends. They will tell you that Christianity is more about peace between you and your friend than trying to upset them with Christ. And they will die and go to hell and tell me that's Christianity. There are people who I preached in school when I was, I was, I was, I was banned from preaching by the Catholic institution in secondary school, who I preached and some got born again. Recently, I was talking to somebody, one of the guys, I think, passed away or something. And even one of these guys who had become a bishop, those were the times I preached to him. If I hadn't preached to him, look at the number of people God is using him to save. Oh, don't preach, don't preach. They said in the book of Acts, they said, judge if it's uh, who we should obey, whether you or God. It's important. Well, let's go back just a little bit about doctrinal stability. Don't, don't go for Christianity at the, anything at the expense of doctrinal stability, doctrinal safety. In other words, if it is not truly stated in Scripture, check it out. But once the Scripture says it, whether it benefits you or whether it suits your whims or not, stay with it. That's where your salvation lies. The help of all lies in that. So he says that, I know your works. Then 
Verse 20, after he said, I know all these things, he said, nevertheless, someone say, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you are, what, what is the few things, what are the few things that you allow, the word allow, allow here, okay, is a Greek word, um, AU, AU, it's pronounced something like E-A-U, A-U. All right. Now, that's the Greek word, which means permit. So some of the translations, some of the translations, some of the translations use the word permit. Uh, New International Version. Probably it should, it should say tolerate. I even like the tolerate. So it's the same thing. You permit, you tolerate. What were they tolerating? You tolerate that woman, Jezebel? What is he calling for? The problem he had with the church was their tolerance. Mm. He said, you have all these things, but you have become tolerance. <laughs> so tolerant. If you walk with Christ, you are supposed, you will be, if you are a genuine Christian, you will be intolerant. Mm. Mm. That's a very interesting one. Walk, pure walk with Christ and with God. Pure, true godliness makes one intolerant. That's the difference between intolerance and being hateful. They have equated intolerance to mean hateful. Even before I came to Christ, I can't tolerate a man who abuses a woman. I just, I just can't tolerate. I don't, I don't like you. I, I don't hate you, but I can't, I, can't, I can't take you. The problem is, as soon as Jezebel showed up, they were being nice, but they should have said, Jezebel, we won't tolerate this. In spite of how much need you are meeting or how much you need us to do for you, how much caring we are, we are and how much we are interested in helping you, we will not put out with this. Jesus said, I know your works, I know your patience, I know your love, I know your service, I know your former works are even more than, sorry, your latter works are more than the former, but I have never, I have something against you and he said, what I have against you is that you have tolerated that woman, <laughs> Jezebel. Let me, go about, let me go to Jezebel. I spoke about it a while ago, but Jezebel married into um, Israel to the, the then king Ahab. And when she got married to the woman, to the man, she brought in, because she, she was a daughter of a, a Sidonian king, she brought in foreign gods. She introduced idolatry. And she was very wicked. First Kings chapter 21. You need to hear about the story of Jezebel. From verse 1 to 7. And then Bible talks about Ahab. And it came to pass that, that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which is in Jezreel, next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Okay, so he married Samaria. King of Samaria, she married in Samaria. And 
So Ahab spoke to Naboth saying, give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it's, it's, it's near, next to my house. <laughs> and, for, for it, and for it, I will give you a vineyard better than it. So I'm the king, I have better places. I will give you vineyard better. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. Then Naboth said, but Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Doesn't matter what you are going to give me. There's a better deal, but this is a family thing. Yeah. I can't pass on the family inheritance to you. Yeah. And Ahab was very sad. So Ahab went to his house and he was displeased because of the word which the boy Jezreel had spoken to him. I will not give you all this to you. And guess what? And he lay down in his bed and turned his face and would not eat food. The king. <coughs> The kid. He was behaving like a girl. <laughs> a girl whose heart has been broken. Somebody said, doesn't like you. Now you have gone, you are shaking in your bed. <laughs> That's the king, can you imagine? <laughs> Ahab went to lie in bed and was shaking. Yeah, I will eat. The wife came. Said, my, my darling, what is wrong? Are you not eating? He said, is it not Naboth? I wanted a vineyard. He won't give me. He said, the woman said, ah, you are the king. Is that why you are very down? Cheer up. I'll get it for you. <laughs> Jezebel said, Jezebel, his wife said, you are now, you now exercise authority over Israel. Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Say Jezebel. Jezebel. Jezebel said, I'll get it for you. Look at the next verse, verse 8. And she wrote letters in the king's name and sealed it with the king's seal and sent, it, uh, sent the letters to the elders and the nobles where, uh, who were dwelling in the city with Nebo. So he said, this guy, he sent it all, and then uh, said, organize a feast and then go and kill him. And then, so, verse 15, news came to Jezebel that he's dead. He's, he's dead. I will kill that. Yeah. So, it came to pass that Jezebel, uh, uh, that Jezebel, when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, he went to Ahab's arise, take possession of the vineyard now, which, which uh, 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 of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give to you for money. Naboth is not, not, not alive, but dead. Go. And Ahab I'll get off and win. See Jezebel? Jezebel sorted, sorted it out one time. So this one, I'll sort it out for you. <laughs> yeah. And then Ahab went into the vineyard. <laughs> and God told Nathan, go to go and speak to him that you took somebody's land, you dogs will eat you and your wife. <laughs> anyway, that was the judgment. But let's leave that because there's a few things I need to tell you about Jezebel. And so Jezebel was married. Um, Ahab went for Jezebel in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31, 32. Look at what Ahab did. Bible said, and it came to pass as though it had, it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, king of the Sidonians. And he went and served Baal and worshipped. So 
he went, he took this woman. So when he was going for that woman, he knew that was wrong. Mm. He has done a lot of things in the sight of God, but, but as though that was not enough, he actually went for this strange woman. Jezebel and brought, look at verse 32. Brought Jezebel. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he built in some, He built a temple for the, verse 33. He built it, and Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel eh, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. <laughs> no, Ahab, because of the woman. Because of the woman he went for. The alliance in marriage is a very dangerous thing. Wow. It can make or break you. Mm. Why, why have this generation made marriage about romance? Mm. All right, so Jezebel came and he said, I'll sort you. This guy went with Jezebel and Bible says he, he, he upset God more, more than, than any king, king before him. Chapter, first King chapter 21 Verse 26 and you know, 25 and 26. 25 and 26. He says that, but there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord. Because, why? Because of Jezebel, his wife. Because, so, because Jezebel, his wife, stared him up. The woman, the woman, the woman. That's why I'm telling you, a young man like you. I mean, don't, don't choose. Last Thursday, I said something very profound. Those of you who don't come for Thursday services. I said something very profound. But Isaac went and meditated. When he, after meditation, lifted his eyes, saw his wife. You are not meditating. You are just watching body. Watching, watching. That's why you are confused. Because you are not meditating. You are just going after body. When you can, if you can pray and meditate, God will enlighten your heart and your eyes. Bible says that how can a young man cleanse his way or keep his ways pure? Psalm one one nine verse eight nine said, how can a young man keep his ways pure by giving heed to your word? How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? Jezebel mm. cost Ahab his life. Stared him up. And you know what she did? According to um, 1 Kings chapter 19, chapter 18, verse 19. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 19. Bible says that, Now therefore, send and gather all, uh, all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. They were, Je- Jezebel was personally sponsoring them. 850 prophets, she, was, she put them on her payroll. And t- gave them accommodations, benefits, and everything they need so that all they can do was chant. Jezebel, he was, she used the national resources yeah. to support and to fund false prophets, evil prophets. Mm. Jezebel. Mm. Jezebel. 
And everybody was quiet because Ahab the king has been silenced. Mm. Wow. And they, she managed to import <laughs> idolatry into Egypt. Oh, sorry, sorry, into Israel. Wow. He made the Israelites turn their heart against God. So Elijah had to appear and say that if Baal is God, then worship him. If Jehovah is God, because all of them, they have concluded that Baal is good. Baal is good. Why? Because Jezebel, she didn't do just that. She also made sure she executed all the true prophets of God. Never join in attacking a man of God who yes, you know is genuine. Yes, 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 yes. Executed all the true prophets of God. So run, and then the, the few hundred that were left, they had to run and go and hide in caves. So run them out of uh, 50 years, 50 years, they were eating bread and water. And run them out of town, and then imported these 850 false prophets and sponsored them, paid them to be teaching their people. Yeah. So within a short time, the people didn't even know much about Jehovah God again. Mm. Because the news you keep listening to, yes, yes. the images you keep watching yes. on your television, your, on your movies, very soon, it's not, when it comes to conscience, listen, your conscience is controlled by your belief. <laughs> so if you, sometimes maybe I, I, mean, I can stand here and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tear or rape his jacket. There's nothing wrong with that. I will do that and maybe I see him crying. But I can convince myself that it doesn't matter. I've done it. But later when I go home, I'll be feeling very guilty. But if you can if I can be convinced uh, to believe that doing it is the right thing, like the people who flew the planes or the suicide bombers. They have conscience, but they believe that they are doing the right thing. Because they have been brainwashed over a period of time to believe. So then, in the same way, that's how conscience works. God puts, I was sharing with one of our pastors recently, three levels of authority to keep human beings in check. The first level of authority is conscience. The second one is parentage. So how a person is raised determines what authority or how um, um, disorderly or orderly the person or disciplined or indisciplined the person will be. It's parenting matters. So if you take a family system matter, if you take authority away from families, you are going to destroy people's lives. Mm. You better build more prisons if you take authority from families. What you need is prisons. Because now the final authority comes there, the government. So the human leaders, the authorities of government, that will force you. The Bible says God has put them in, in place to, to, to punish evil behavior and to reward wrong, uh, right doing. So God, God has put systems in place that we can be brought under check, either by our conscience or by our family life. Because some of you, even though you are an old person, you have grown up, you can misbehave and do something because your mother will not allow it. Yes, yes, yeah. Even though you are at a certain age, you are a big man. Your mother can come and slap you. Hey! You can't do this. You'll be quiet because of the way she brought you up. Your father can say, hey, sit down. And you have to sit down. Even though you are a very big person. You can't, some of you, that's why, listen, that's why when you are going to marry, Believe God for family connections. Yeah. Because if you marry somebody whose family you don't know, or who doesn't talk to their family, and doesn't, it's not under any authority when they are ready to deal with you. No. Who are you going to report to? Who are you going to? 
But if can you imagine you're marrying somebody from a church family? I'm, I'm talking about the people who don't talk rubbish about their pastor. Yeah. You are dating someone every time. Oh, ask a pastor, ask a pastor. You keep finding it in your day of crisis. When you want pastor to speak, the person doesn't know the voice of the pastor. You can't listen. He won't listen. So you allow your relationship to butcher authorities, especially spiritual authorities. Somebody who can speak in, the, in your day of crisis because relationship always comes with some crisis somewhere. And so some of you, the reason why God has brought you to church is so that you can hear me talk the way I talk. Because there must be somebody who is not afraid of you. He's not impressed with your beard. He's not impressed with your money. He's not impressed with yes, 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 yes. Because the problem with our, our modern day churches, that we pastors have become uh, uh, um, sales agents. We are looking for customers. So we can't tell people off. We, we can't correct them with the word of God. They have muted our authority. Not me. I'm, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. Come. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. So those of you, those of you who come to church and say that, but why is the pastor talking like this? I need to speak with authority from God's word. Yeah, yeah. Because if the way you are, in fact, the reason why you're asking why is the pastor talking like this is because there's a problem with your heart. That's why that's the first thing you pick up. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't, you better stay so we can help your mess. Yeah. <laughs> hey! Hey! All right, let's get to Jezebel. Yes, 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 yes. So, Ahab messed up because of Jezebel. Now, what was Jezebel? Jezebel was a murderer, remember? And then Jezebel did not fear God. She was an idol worshiper. She changed a whole generation of people, people who were supposed to be serving God. She turned, diverted their attention from God. So now Jesus said, I know your works, I know all that you are doing, but I have something against you. You have tolerated Jezebel because you saw this thing is trying to divert your attention from me. How can a church allow some things to be happening unaddressed? Yeah. We can't, we can't. We can't. Some of you, after you wear a mess, when I'm preaching, you think I'm, I'm, I'm against, I'm not against you, but I'm against the behavior. Yeah. Oh, the word is against it. So allow the church to address some things. And don't say the church is hateful. In fact, the church comes under the attack of Jesus when it becomes tolerant Mm. of things Jesus has, again, tolerant of things that Jesus has actually warned the church against. Mm. He said, watch this, it's there. Verse 19 of second, um, Roman, uh, Revelation chapter two. He said, I nevertheless, verse 20, I'm sorry. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow, you tolerate, give me the tolerate. You tolerate, you, because you tolerate NIV. Because, because you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. Who does what? Calls herself a prophetess. I can hear who does what? Calls herself a prophetess. You allow that woman and by her teachings. So she has actually begun to define doctrine, which is obviously against the New Testament model. For it didn't say that Jesus, it said that woman Jezebel. Because the, in the New Testament model, the women were not supposed to be setting forth doctrine. Now she has come and setting forth doctrine. And you, you are sitting now, I've allowed her in the name of love, in the name of niceness, in the name of political correctness, in the name of, you have tolerated her. This tolerance thing has gone too far. Mm. 
Jesus said, I have something against you. The problem of that church was not an attack from outside. If it's an attack from outside, it's easy to sometimes handle it like the church of Smyrna. They were being attacked from outside and they became stronger. But now, infiltration. Being attacked from inside, everything is about to implode. Things are about to fall apart. Jesus said, you have tolerated the woman. She calls herself prophetess. In the whole of the Bible, there were 48 people called prophets and men, sorry, 48 men called prophets by the Bible and seven women called, actually six, the seventh one because they prophesy, I can just add it. Six women or seven women called prophets in the Bible. They were called, they didn't call themselves. The first woman was um, Miriam, according to Exodus chapter 15, verse, verse um, I think, 20. Exodus 15, 20, Miriam was called the prophetess. All right? Miriam the prophetess. And then in the second one was Deborah, Judges chapter 4, verse 4. Deborah the prophetess. And then the third one was um, um, Howder. <coughs> Howder. In 2nd Kings chapter 22, verse 14. 2 Kings 22, verse 14, is, is, she was called the Helder, the prophetess. The same person is also in 2 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 34. Helder, the prophetess. Okay, so how many four or three? Three. The fourth one, <laughs> the, the fourth one is um, Noadiah. Some of you have heard the name. Yeah, Noadiah the prophetess. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 14. Noadiah the prophetess. My God, remember Tobiah and Sambala according to these works and the prophetess Noadiah. So that's the fourth prophetess. Bible calls prophetess. All right. The fifth one is Isaiah's wife. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 3. And I entered the prophetess. And I went <laughs> and I went into the prophetess and she conceived and bore a child and called his name Maher Shahal Hashbaz. That's the longest name in the Bible. The longest name in the Bible, Mahel Shahal Hashbaz. So he said, I went into that's the fourth of his fifth person called prophetess, woman called prophet. The sixth one in Luke chapter 2, verse 36, Anna, the prophetess. Anna, the prophetess. So all these are the only one called prophetess. The other one, the seventh one I want to add is, the Bible said that Philip, the evangelist, Acts chapter 21, verse, verse 8 and particularly verse 9, had fair four virgin daughters who prophesied. Four virgin daughters who prophesied. And so, the problem, watch this, the, pro- the problem was not Jezebel being a prophetess. But the problem is, all these ones, Bible called them prophets, but Jezebel, she called herself prophetess. So, me, I'm the prophetess. I'm away from you, I'm the prophetess of God. <laughs> she called herself prophet, go on, chapter, verse 22, verse 20, yeah. She called herself by her teachings. Now, by what? By what? By what? By her teaching, she is misled. My servants. Other translation says that she has seduced. By her teachings, uh, uh, to teach and seduce my servants. 
They wouldn't have done that, but she used certain powers she had to influence their decisions, their desires, and their will. Okay, we'll do, we'll do, ah, I want to do this. I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I will do it anyway. I know the seduction is working. She taught first and seduced. Other translation says she led. She wasn't supposed to be leading them. She taught and seduced because in Titera, um, the guilds, to be part of the guilds, the guilds were very powerful. They had a, a city that had many, many guilds. And the guilds were so powerful to be part of a guild. And the guild had, every guild has its own house. And they met regularly. And their meetings were characterized with sexual orgy or uh, uh, um, licentious uh, um, activities or concupiscence. So uh, licentious activities and idolatrous activities. So there are idols, you bow to them, you eat. That's what shows that you are part of the the guild. So can you imagine, and the guild is like for business, for commerce. So if you, let's say if you are, uh, you, you, you are a curtain seller, and you are part, you are supposed to be part of the curtain, federation of curtain sellers, the guild. And now, when they go to show that you're a member, they do everything together. That's where you even get the contracts. So if you're a Christian, it poses problem for Christians, because Christians were not supposed to engage in idolatry, let alone uh, to engage in sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. So Christians were not supposed to do that. But it became part of business deals. And Jezebel, uh, now, Jezebel is not a woman, please. In this text, Jesus had to call her Jezebel because she was the most evil woman in the Old Testament. So Jesus had to pick her as herself because what did Jezebel do? She was a murderer and she diverted people's attention from God, the worship of Jehovah God into idolatry. So that's the same characteristic. So Jesus was calling her not by her actual name but by her character. So Jezebel, you have allowed this Jezebel woman. So it's not necessarily a female, okay? It was a personality which was operating, and I explained why the Bible said woman the other time, because the church is supposed to be a woman, virgin. So it allowed, Jezebel has now imported and brought all kinds of idolatrous behavior into the church Christ has died for. And now they are not just accommodating, or they are not just uh, sinning, they are accommodating sinning. They are actually not just accommodating sinning, they were encouraging it. Hmm. Your wife is not taking care of you. Go, go to the temple. Get it. After church, look at the ashes, look through them. One, you know, so it was being encouraged. It was a serious situation. You are believing God for a testimony, it's not coming. After church, just make sure you go to the guild and let's go and bow down to that idol of fertility, the idol of uh, the idol of financial breakthrough. Idol of, so they were being encouraged. And if you want to be a real Christian, that means you cannot be part of these guilds. That means you are losing your job. You are losing any. You are going to be marginalized. And Jezebel said, "Come on, don't confuse um, trade, business with worship. That's just trade. That's business. That lady is just with you because of business." That idol thing is just business. When you go to church, you are in church. Monday is different. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, you are at work. So don't behave. Monday is not church. Work. So separate your life. Compartmental your life. Have put worship in one chamber and put business in another chamber. Jezebel. Jezebel. 
if your worship and your profession can't come together, you are a false worshiper. Hey. If your profession means that you should be always doing dodgy deals, lying, and it does, it, it's, it's matching very well with your Christian life, you are not a true worshiper. If because of your earning, you are doing so many things that you know is against your Christian stand, you are compromising your worship. That's Jezebel has taken over. And Jesus said, let's see what he said about Jezebel. He said, you have allowed her. No, remember, idol worship is not allowed. And fornication, I don't want to. Sexual immorality has never been taken lightly in the scriptures. I said last Sunday, and I'm saying again, never been taken lightly in the scriptures. Bible calls this, um, it said, the great harlot, Babylon, the great, the great harlot. Revelation chapter 17, verse 2. He was committing immor- sexual immorality. He says that, which... With, uh, with whom the kings of the earth commit fornication, committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth uh, were made to uh, were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Uh, talking about this, this go go to the verse one. Who are we talking about? And uh, the angel and I saw came uh, uh, by the great harlot. The great harlot is a type of a church. Look at verse four. Verse four. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones. I can't wait when I'm teaching and we get to this side. I'll explain because the New Jerusalem was, uh, so it presented itself like, oh, me too. Sometimes some people, when you see them, they are church leaders, you see them, some churches, you see that, oh, wow, this is real. The regalia alone tells you that Jesus is here, but it's not. <laughs> having, having in her hand a golden cup full of washes, the cup is golden. Gold means in Revelation and the Bible, gold is the nature of God. Okay, embellished. But it's, it's just gilded. So it looks like it's a golden cup. But inside the cup was abomination and filthiness of her fornication. This harlot. Jesus had a problem with this fornication thing. Revelation chapter 18, verse 3. Verse 9. Verse 3. And then uh, I think verse 9. He said that for all the nations have drunk of of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through her, through the abundance of her luxury. This woman, who is this woman? Is the same woman in Revelation chapter two, that Jezebel. Is the same woman I showed you in uh, Matthew chapter 13, when the woman took a, a yeast and put it in the, that same woman. So it's not a person, a person. It's a woman. It's a type of the church. The institutional churches, some of them, we look at the behavior of it. It looks, this looks like God. That's why a lot of people have turned their back against God, against God in Europe. But then when they look at the church, this is all, this is not church. And so most people think they were in church, but they were not in church. So when you go and preach to them, they say, oh, I know, I know about Christ. You didn't know about the Christ. The Christ that was modeled to you is not the Christ of the Bible. Yeah. It's the Jezebel type of Christ that when they presented and said some, something was misrepresented to you. But I believe, I don't think it's only the Catholic Church. Any church at all can be also the Jezebel. Because we have brought in teachings that has eclipsed the truth of God's word. Yeah. Is it interesting? Yeah. Now, it says that, let me leave the fornication, but I, I need to round up. Look at the next verse, verse 23. No, verse 21, I'm sorry. Verse 20. I gave her time to repent 
offers this this uh, not this, this Thursday, but I'll be teaching on repentance then uh, next Thursday, hopefully, God willing. I gave her time to repent of her sexual repent of what sexual immoral, and she did not repent. She she did not repent. But how about other bad things? He didn't talk about it. The problem was this sexual immorality and idolatry. That's why last week I said, don't, don't put all of them, all is sin, it can send anybody to hell. Uh, what sends people to hell is, hell is actually not believing in Jesus Christ, but it will make you lose the rapture, miss the rapture, and a lot of other things that come. You'll never get any reward, and you'll be, you'll be judged, okay? And the Bible says some will be given lashes, whips. Right? All, all sins are sin, but some are a bit severe. Don't put all uh, sexual sin and immoral uh, idolatry on the same platform as gossip and every other thing. That's why Satan has to push the issue of sexual immorality against the church. Sexual immorality is, 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 is being sold. It's being advertised. It's being advertised. And Jezebel is buying into it. You can't say what the Bible is saying. Hey, you don't care about what the Bible is saying. You have to tolerate everybody. You see where the whole thing is going? It's not people, Satan. Satan is working hard. That's why marriage is under attack. Mm. Family life, listen. <laughs> Family life is under attack. Yeah. And most of us haven't realized it. Yes. Because Jezebel has made sure that he will silence all the prophets of God and clear them out of town. Oh. And replace them with Baal, prophets of Baal, who will be advocating and speaking when you need interview on any major news channel platform, you, you, you will get a Jezebel version to speak on the behalf of the church. Yeah. <laughs> you will have prophets of God to go and talk. And the, those who have the word of God, we have to fight them and make sure no one is talking. Everyone must run into caves. So many churches have not kept in. Let's teach God's word yeah. and leave people who have passion and genuinely Listen, if you are not interested in God, don't bother coming here mm. because we are not here for you. Mm. We are not a business. We are a church. Yes. We are a body. Don't bother coming. And those of you who are coming to spy on us, may your war be on your own hands. So, Jezebel silenced everybody and now introduced sexual immorality and idolatry. And then Jesus said, I've given her time to repent, but it's not it. She, she, she doesn't want, she has refused to. And she, she did not repent, she refused to do it. Listen, I don't know what God is giving you opportunity to repent from. Some of you church workers, God is giving you more, you have to more time, a bit of, he's helping you to buy time. Sister, there's a reason why you are hearing me today. God, you may not like it, but God is giving you time to repent. Unfortunately, you have heard it. You've heard it, and you can't claim you didn't know about it. God is giving you time to repent. There are things I'm saying I didn't plan to say, but because of you, God is making me say something because he's trying to give you time to repent. Repent as quickly as possible. Brother, repent. 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 Change your ways because you are jeopardizing the peace of your children's future. A lot is at stake with the direction you are going. That godless direction will bite you. Thank you. Thank you. Repent. <laughs> Repent.
repent. I have. <laughs> I have, I have given her time to repent. I'm giving her space. But she's not repenting. So what am I going to do? You know what Jesus said I'm going to do? Look at the next verse. Indeed, I will cast her into sick bed. She likes bed. She likes the bed. I'll, I'll put her this time to be a bed of pleasure. She likes the bed, fornication, bed of pleasure. Now it's going to be a sick bed. Maybe this HIV thing is looking for you. Maybe, I'm not, I'm not threatening you. Sorry, please go ahead. Go, go, go. You go ahead. Maybe there's a sickness looking for you. Maybe there's a setup just around the corner. Maybe there's a trap and a snare ahead of you. Why would you sit in church and go and enter a snare? The word can protect you. It's not your prayers, but the word is there for your protection. Somebody must repent today. Your direction is going to be very dangerous. It's going to harm you. Repent. He said, if she doesn't repent because she doesn't repent, I will cast her onto a sick bed. And do, not only her, those who commit adultery with her. So Jezebel is married. Those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. If they don't do. Now this great tribulation is not talking about the great tribulation that will come upon the, pl- the face of the earth. This one is judgment because in Revelation chapter 7 verse 14, it talks about those believers who have come out of the grave. And, 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 I, I, and I said to him, sir, you know, so he said to me, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the... So no, this tribulation is not the same one God said, Jesus said, I'm going to deal with the church. This tribulation is after the, 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 the challenges that were going to come when, during the tribulation, those who are going to stay faithful to Christ. That's different from this other tribulation which Jesus himself is going to bring, personally the sick bed that he's talking about. Look at the next verse of verse uh, 24. He said, I will kill, now, Revelation, I will kill her children with death, uh, like double death. I'll kill her with her children. Who are the children? Those who have been engaging in her practices and enjoying from her opportunities. He said, I will kill her children with death. And all the churches, watch this, all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart. Say, God searches the mind and the hearts. Say it again, God searches the minds and the hearts. So he said, I am going to make a display of what I can do. Even though outwardly she looks okay, I am going to deal with her that the church is not one church. That all others, other churches will see that God can do something about the situation. And he says that I search the hearts and the mind. When you read Psalm 7 verse 9, I like this text so much. God searches the heart. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just, for the righteous God tests the hearts and the mind. Psalm 139 verse 1 to 4. Psalm 139 verse 1. He said, oh, you have searched me and know me. God, listen, as we are sitting here, God is searching you. Mm. He's constantly searching your heart. Mm. 
and your mind. He says that you have searched me and know me, verse 2. You have searched me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts, thoughts are far off. Yes. The next verse, verse 3. You, you comprehended my, uh, so you comprehend my path, my lying, my lying down, and are acquainted with my way. You know my ways. Verse 4 says, for there is not a word in my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. God searches the heart. God, in, in, in um, um, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart of man is desperately wicked. But this, this Bible says, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Listen, if we are left to ourselves, your heart is wicked. Yeah. Don't trust yourself. You can do things that, so don't say, ah, oh, you, don't finish going somewhere, trusting yourself and messing up and say that I didn't think I would do that. What did you think? You don't trust yourself. Yes, last Thursday I was teaching on Eight things to how to avoid or lay aside sin. Because some of us, every now and then, you keep sinning. Mm. Not some of us, all of us. All right. When I say all of us, there are sins that easily beset you. Right. You know what I'm talking about. You look okay, but people don't know that you, are, you have a weakness. There are sins that easily beset you. And last Thursday, I was teaching on how to lay aside and how to deal with this habitual, habitual sin. How to deal with habitual sins. One of the points I gave is don't trust your spirituality. You think you are so spiritual. Right. Right. You think you are so spiritual. That's what is causing you the problem. Because you think, oh, I'll be fine. This thing, I'll, I'll handle it. Yeah. Or you tell me, I know how I can handle it. Tell me. Listen, don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. You are too powerful for yourself. You believe in yourself. That's what is causing you the problem. A guy came to me and said, Pastor, I don't know. Anytime I come to church, and now I'm now on fire, and I know I'm not going to fall. When I go and visit her, then it happens. I said, don't go there, because you trust yourself too much. Don't go there. You know that party. When you go to that party, you know what is likely to happen. Yes. After dancing to the bashment music, Daggeray will follow. Yes. <laughs> Daggerization. Yes. So don't trust yourself. Tell someone, shake somebody and say, don't trust yourself. Hey! Oh, God knows you. Romans chapter 8, verse 27. He said, he, he, he searched into the deep things of God. Now, he who searches the heart, God searches the heart. So now, he said, I'm going to bring judgment, I'm going to deal with Jezebel and her children, I'll kill her children with death, and all the churches will know that I search their hearts and their mind. When you read some other translation, he says, I search the reins. I search the reins. The reins, King James used the word reins, said, I search the reins. I search the reins and the hearts. The reins, the actual Greek word translated reins mean kidneys. Yeah. Kidney. I search kidney. The in, that means the inner parts. Yeah. I know, I know you thoroughly. But I've been quiet. Doesn't mean I am weak. God said I've been quiet, but because I'm giving you a chance to repent. Say God is good. Let me finish the text. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? Are you sure? Verse 24, we haven't even gone. Oh, okay, I have to. Oh, no, my time is out. Okay, let me. Verse 24, look at it. It said, But unto you, I say, unto the rest 
in Titeria, as many as have not, uh, have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak. I'll put none of, uh, uh, I'll put upon you none of this. Now watch this. He said, you, give me New King James, yeah. He said, uh, I said, Tachia, as many have not, have, have not, uh, so do not have this doctrine. Say this doctrine. What doctrine? The doctrine of the teachings of Jezebel. And it's not just that. The teachings of Jezebel, it says that, and have not known the, deep, the depths of Satan. Some translation said the deep things of Satan. So they present some things they said, this one is higher knowledge. Depths. Or most of these people, they think they are in church, but they don't know. Deep. No, this is not in the Bible. We know deeper things. Uh-huh. These are the deep things of Satan. Can I draw attention to something? In the church, watch this. In the church of Smyrna, they were suffering from the synagogue of Satan. So it was about, they were suffering from the synagogue of Satan. Chapter 2, verse, verse 9. Revelations 2.9. And even Revelations 3.9 talks about the synagogue of Satan. But Revelation 2.9 said the synagogue of Satan. Then Revelation chapter 2 verse 13 talks about now they were in the throne where the Satan throne is. Satan's throne. See, so it starts from the, the, the synagogue of Satan attacking them. Now they are with the throne of Satan. Now it's not just the throne of Satan. Now they have entered the deep things of Satan. And I'm talking about the church. Church, what is the church doing where the throne of Satan is now? They are, the church is meddling with the deep things of Satan. Deep, going deep, esoteric, esoteric information. Esoteric knowledge, unique things that you, only you can know. You have, you have, you have, so listen, don't let us be chasing things that are very deep. Oh, this is deep. Nobody knows this. And in those days, they, they are teaching things that you have to go deep into some practices so you can know God better. You have to go deep. Nowadays, even it's quite common, you know, most people don't know about this. You got things, you have to meditate. And we, we always want something unique, something different. That's out of the norm. That, that makes us go deep. Deep. Most of us think we are going deep into information. You are actually meddling in the deep things of Satan. And when you go deep, when you are, it's about, you are now, it's ready for it. You are now supposed to be coming out. You realize that you can't come out. You've gone deep. Deep. <coughs> I know what you are thinking about. Deep. Deep things of Satan. Why deep things of Satan? To mimic, to mimic. Bible talks about the deep things of God. No man knows. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. The deep things of God. So now Satan has to bring the deep things of Satan. The deep things of Satan. The deep things of God. Now let's replace it with the deep things of Satan. He said, those of you who have been known the deep, it's okay not to know those deep things. And stay with the truth of God's word. Anytime you meet people who tells you, or people who tell you, I've read, I've, I've done a lot of research. I know every much about this, much about this religion. But you look at a confused person. Yeah. Most of them are always confused. <clears throat> always, the easiest route to confusion is religious amalgamation. <laughs> Synchronize everything. It's called syncretism. Synchro, bring everything together and deep in deep. <laughs> All right, let me finish this. Oh, man. 
I couldn't finish it because I went to talk about relationship and marriage. But I believe it is the right time to talk to somebody about this relationship yeah. and marriage. <clears throat> Jezebel is after you. Let me round this up in three minutes. Is that okay? Mm. He said, let me jump to heed who overcomes. Look at verse 5. Verse 25, I'm sorry. Verse 25. Hold fast that which you have till I come. What? Next week I'll pick it from till I come. Mm. Till I come, because it's coming. Mm. Oh, it's going to come. Mm. All right. He said, hold fast till that which you have till I come. Now, this three short, uh, two pieces of information I want you to know, uh, understand it. Watch this. All the seven churches, okay, watch this. All the seven churches. Can you mention them? Do you remember them? Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Titia, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Okay, we haven't done uh, uh, um, Sardis and Philadelphia. So, but uh, all the, watch this, this is very important. All the seven churches, say seven churches. All the seven churches can be categorized into two. Okay, or two sets of two. But I will explain. One set is five of them, Jesus always, Jesus had something to rebuke them about. Two, he didn't have anything negative to say about them. So some, all of them were commended, but only two, Jesus didn't have anything negative to say about. So that's the one category. But the other category, which is more important, is the category of the first three. Excuse me. Ephesus, Smyrna, and Pergamos. When you read them very carefully, Jesus did not say, till I come. He didn't, because his second coming was not going to meet those churches. All the seven, this is very important, all the seven churches span the period of the um, the early apostles, the apostolic era, to the end, the time Jesus is coming. So it's like church history. From the time Jesus left to the church, the time is coming. The seven types of churches, the period, the seven period of church history. The first three have already passed because none of the three, the first three, Ephesus, Smyrna, and Pergamos. Jesus didn't say, until I come. When Ephesus, he said, if you don't repent, I'll come and remove the candlestick. But that wasn't the second coming. It's just judgment. Okay. But all the three didn't say till I come. But from, from Titeria all the way to, the, um, to Laodicea, every one of them, it, for instance, Titeria, what did he say? It's verse 20, 26 again. Is it 25, 25 again? 25. He said, hold fast what you have till I come. That means till my second coming. Yes. That means Jesus' second coming, by the time he's coming, the church of Titeria will still be around. Does that make sense? The church of Tachia will still be around. The church of uh, uh, Sardis will still be around. The church of uh, uh, um, Philadelphia will still be around, and Laodicea. These four churches, so the churches are divided into a group of three and four. Okay, two. How many churches do we have? Seven churches. Seven is the number of the completion of God. Okay, the completion of God's God's work on earth. So in in the... uh, First seven is in Genesis chapter one. Bible says it took six days to create, and the seventh day, what, what happened? Oh, talk to me, I'm closing. Talk to me. He rested on the seventh day. So we have six and one making seven. Okay, six and one. Six and one making seven. 
But now, in Revelations, we have what and what? Three and four, making seven. The six and one, the six is the number of man. When you read the Bible very careful, I'm talking about biblical numerology. Six is the number of man, and that's why man was created on the day number six. That's why it says that that person is a man, the Antichrist, six, six, six. Six is the number of man, seven is the number of God's completion of God's in God's creation. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, in Genesis, God had to take um, creation, which was typified by man, and then one is the number of the triune God the unique God, and add it to creation. So God and creation starts the process of God, God's own, the completion of the, he completed the natural order of creation. Mm. Now, here we have three and four. Say three and four. Say three and four. four. Pastor, I read something and it got my attention very much. Do it on the screen quickly. Run with me. In Revelation chapter 2, verse, verse, verse 6. Mm. Or, or, uh, verse 7, rather. Verse 7. What does verse 7 say? <laughs> let him hear. And then, watch this. It talks about, he who has an ear, let him hear. And then, he says, to him who overcomes. Do you see that? Yeah. So, he said, hear. Then, he said, he who overcomes. Does that make sense? So, he puts the hearing and then overcoming. Okay? The next church, the church of Smyrna, in verse Verse 11. Verse 11, verse 11, he who has an ear, let him hear, and then what, what does he do? He speaks about who, who overcomes. Let's go to Pe- Pegamos, verse 17, and to angel, uh, verse 17, Pegamos, he who has an ear, let him hear all the spiritual, to him who overcomes. Did you see that? So he said, hear, and then to him who overcomes. But now, let's go to where we are now, verse 26, 25, sorry, 25, uh, let's go to 20, 26, 26. He who overcomes, verse 27, verse 27, so, um, verse 29, that's where he finishes it, 29, he who has an ear. So do you see that? Now he's changed the order. The order used to be, he who has an ear, let him hear, to him who overcomes, first church. He who has an ear, let him hear, to him who overcomes, second church. He who has an ear, let him hear, to him who overcomes, third church. Fourth church, to him who overcomes, he who has an ear. How about the fifth church? Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. From verse 5. He who who overcomes. Verse 6. He who has an ear. Did you see that? Did you see the order? Verse 12. Verse 12. He who overcomes. Verse 13. He who has an ear. And the same thing when you go to verse 21 and 22. So when you go to the last four, the order changed. The first four, the order was, he who hears, who has an ear, to him overcome. The last four, these things are not by accident. They have some similarities. They have been divided into groups of three and four. Three and four. Three is the number of the triune God. Four is the number of creation. Well, you remember Revelation chapter four? Bible says that uh, from the six, and four living creatures, they bow before the throne of God. So four is the number of creation. The four living creatures before the throne of God, uh, the, the crystal and the midst of the throne, around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes. When you read through to verse 9, it's there. They, they were bound before. The four living creatures were every, they represented all things that have been created on earth. And man was the center of it. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So four is the number of creation. Now, what, three is the number of the triune God. So now, in, when it comes to the seven churches, God takes himself. Sorry, please get up. Seven churches, God takes himself, 
the triune God, and adds himself to created humanity. That is where you get the church. And that is what completes the purpose of God. So that's why the seven churches are the end of everything, how everything ends. The seven churches, there are seven. It's not eight churches, seven. And the seven is a category of three and four. God and man coming together to form the church. The church always has been God and man living together. And when everything ends in creation, how are we going to have it? We are going to have God and man living together. That is the purpose of God. The culmination, the end, the, the consummation of God's eternal purpose is that God and man will be together. Next week, I'll pick it from the, um, when it comes. The reward is going to give those who overcome. Okay. And then we'll go to the church of Sardis. I pray that everyone who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He said, I gave her time to repent. I gave her time to repent. I pray that our church and the church of Christ will not tolerate Jezebel. This church, our church will not tolerate Jezebel and the teachings of Jezebel and the pollution of Jezebel. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.